It's a few years ago when I happened upon a TV show. It was a special, a David Blaine special. Have you seen this person? He's an illusionist, a magician. He also does endurance challenges that will blow your mind, but his special shtick is to not put the emphasis of his tricks on himself. Like most magicians I've seen, you know, voila, and then it's, oh, look at the magician, right? But he doesn't want to show off his talents and how talented he is by having you look at him. He wants you to, after a trick, see the people watching him. I remember him biting a quarter in half in front of this guy. And the guy's eyes got so big and he starts looking around like he's in disbelief at what his eyes are seeing. Like, am I the only one seeing this? David Blaine sews his mouth shut and seems to pierce his hand with an ice pick and never bleeds doing either thing. And he does some weird stuff. And when he does, some people laugh almost like nervously. Others are just trying to figure it out. Some get scared, like really scared. I saw one woman stand still and just stare at him, and tears started to just flow down her face. She just stares at David Blaine like he's some kind of other. She is amazed. I want you to think about that feeling, feeling amazement. There's very few moments in life that take your breath away, that catch you completely by surprise. When I think of that feeling and the times that I've felt it, I think my face flushes, maybe my hair stands up on end for a second. It might feel a little like fear, a little like a a rush of heightened energy. My fight-or-flight response is triggered a bit. Either I think I go speechless, or I might laugh, or maybe I just yell, like, what? Of course, we can't go around being amazed a lot. We are conditioned, to some extent, to expect the unexpected. A loud sound can't startle us all the time. We would be debilitated by that kind of constant response. But every once in a while, something happens that just amazes us, and we can't control the, the swell of feelings that wash through us, and we just, wow. In our gospel for this day, Jesus is amazed. Now, Luke, the gospel writer, it's not like he never uses this word that we translate as amazed. In fact, he uses it pretty often. The disciples will be amazed in the next chapter of Luke because the winds and waters obey the word of Jesus as he calms the storm. Crowds were amazed at Jesus in the temple when, as a 12-year-old, he teaches with authority. In Capernaum, Jesus casts out an unclean spirit with just a word. That amazes the crowds there. So, there's a sense that Jesus is amazing. Like David Blaine freaking people out with illusions, making people wonder whether he has special powers or something. That's kind of where the crowds find themselves. But the power they're wondering about 
is connected to God. Not just the power to bite a quarter, make a card disappear in the middle of an orange. They're amazed because they're seeing God in the flesh. They're sensing it with their sight. They're seeing grace happen in front of their very eyes. They're they're hearing grace be said. They're feeling authority in a way that's beyond human. And I think it would have looked a lot like our experience of amazement. I, I imagine them with open mouths, wide eyes. Maybe they could hear their heartbeat in their ears. Maybe a tear or two trickled down their face. So amazement follows this Jesus, and understandably so. He sees it on the face of people as he does what he does, which is what makes this story for today, to me, so deeply powerful. The tables get turned. Instead of the powerful one bringing amazement from the crowds, there is a typical normal human guy who brings amazement from this God-man. After Jesus had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum, a centurion there, had a slave whom he valued highly and who was ill and close to death. When he heard about Jesus, the centurion sent some Jewish elders to him, asking him to come and heal his slave. When they came to Jesus, they appealed to him earnestly, saying, He is worthy of having you do this for him, for he loves our people, and it is he who built our synagogue for us. And Jesus went with them. But when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself. I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I didn't presume to come to you. Only speak the word and let my servant be healed. For I also am a man set under authority with soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and the slave does it. So think about this. This centurion is Roman, not Jewish. He is in every way the enemy to the people of Jesus, not their friend. He's in a position of power, not being occupied. It is quite unlikely that he would honor this lowly Jew, Jesus. I mean, how could a centurion find it in himself to honor this person? Why would he? And yet this centurion is the one who really gets it. He knows who Jesus is and what Jesus is about. The centurion knows there's nothing that he himself can do to get a healing out of Jesus. He's not going to be able to talk Jesus into it. So he doesn't even approach Jesus. Instead, he sends these friends to say, I know I'm not worthy to even have you come to me, but even in my unworthiness, I know that if you say the word, my servant will be healed. In other words, I know you are a grace God. I know that about you. The centurion knows how powerful Jesus is and how powerless he himself, the centurion, is of all people to get it. It's the centurion. And when Jesus heard this, he, Jesus, was amazed at him. 
Jesus is amazed. His breath is taken away. Jesus is flushed, mouth agape, eyes wide open. Turning to the crowd that followed him, he said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. So such faith can be found outside the chosen people of God, Israel. That's one thing. And such faith can be found among any kind of person. We can assume all we want that, you know, that rich, privileged white person or, or that that disadvantaged person of color, they're most likely or not at all likely to have or not have faith. We live with so many assumptions of people we see or people we hear about. But this story blows all that kind of stuff out of the water. Faith can happen, it turns out, anywhere, among anyone. And when Jesus encounters it, he is amazed. Are you? Does faith amaze you when you see it? When was the last time you noticed God's grace? Could have been in your life, could have been in the life of someone else. God's grace is an expression of the faith of Jesus. When was the last time you saw it? How about the faith of someone you know or love? When was the last time you saw that expressed? Did that amaze you? That they believe and then act on that belief in God? True faith is not a magic trick. It's not an illusion. It is the ground of being for a Christian that shapes our willingness to love our neighbor more than ourself. It changes us from selfish to servant, generously giving away our money, calling on the sick, or praying for a stranger. The centurion knows who Jesus is, and he knows what Jesus can do. In those moments when we too know, it's amazing. Because there's lots of reasons for us to not believe There's all kinds of competing stories, claims made by individuals and by institutions, and even stories in our own heads that we've made up for ourselves that pull us away from anything amazing. We're tempted every day to keep our backs turned to amazing and instead coldly stare into the monotonous, into the predictable, to stay cynical, to just stay dying. We can be amazed That Jesus doesn't just make promises we can trust. As the centurion knows, Jesus, just say the word and he'll be helped. See, Jesus isn't a promise maker. He's a promise fulfiller. His word, he fulfills promises. He completes promises with ease. What's amazing is not that Jesus says, I will save or I will love. It's that Jesus does save. Jesus loves, and so can we. Baptized and claimed by this love, we leave this time of worship, every time we leave this time of worship, remembering that we are changed from simply being amazed at what Jesus does to being the amazers, able to love as Jesus loved. So, go Amaze in the name of Christ. Amen.